0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on O Face Wrestling. This is your host JT and today I am joined by one of my Twitter friends, Devil May Spy. Thanks for joining us today, man.
1: Hello, hello. It's good to be here.
0: So uh, today we're going to talk about something that I've never really talked about On any of my episodes. So, anyone who knows me personally knows I'm a big advocate for women's wrestling. And, you know, just my time and being friends with you on Twitter, I've learned that you also, you know, have the same, you know, passion for women's wrestling. So, I, you know, we, you know, discussing in the DMs, we decided, like, hey, let's make an episode about this because, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, Men being big advocates for women wrestling kind of goes under the radar on the social media world, and we just kind of want to discuss, you know, talk about our passion for women's wrestling. So uh, let's start from the beginning. So I'm going to start with you since you're a guest. So what got you into women's wrestling?
1: Sable. I am 30 years old, so I've been watching wrestling since late 97. I would say I remember everything from 98 and on. And the Sable power bombing Mark Marrow was so special to me. I'm like, whoa, a girl's kicking a dude's ass. That's awesome. So a little eight year old me was very excited um, to watch Sable just beat up men and walk around in bikinis and stuff, of course, because that was when I was, you know, you know, you're growing up and realizing uh, you were uh, (laughs) looking at women's bodies differently. You're like, oh, that looks nice. (laughs) So that was very interesting, (laughs) along with the fact that she beat up men. So I would say Sable started it all. Um, When I got older, uh, in my teenage years, Trish Stratus just put it over the top. Um, I felt like she was the greatest and still do uh, 20 years later. She was and is the greatest women's wrestler to ever bless the, at the time Federation, now world wrestling entertainment. And it was just like everything she brought to the table in terms of uh, presentation. Like she came out with Tess and Albert at first as a manager. And I'm like, at at, at age 13, I'm like, she's going to blow up. She's just way more charismatic than both of them. And it's just, she's going to be a single star one day. And then she started feuding with Stephanie and being Vince McMahon's mistress. And then she went on to be a singles competitor in the women's division. And that's when she took off. And then Lita, adding Lita to the mix after Lita was done being a manager. Well, she was still doing a little both. But when she came out of the manager role into a prominent singles role, that's when Trish and Lita made their female version of Steve Austin versus The Rock. I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. I love women's wrestling. And uh then uh the little ancillary tools they added. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed China. I uh, skipped over China. That was You can't good. miss China. Come on, man. China was I mean, they they damn near deleted her from history. They did a good job of revisionist history. Triple H's salty ass talking about we can't add her cuz of porn, but that's a different story. Um so China in the 90s was right after Sable. Um she came along with DX and she was wrestling men full time, not just like doing spots with men and not taking bumps like Sable, but she would like full on wrestle men and compete for titles. And I'm like, oh, my God, China is the best. And I would use her in my WWF attitude game on the PlayStation and against guys. And they were like, why are you picking a girl? Back in the day, like misogyny was just common. It was just mm-hmm. accepted, but not by me. I was like, I don't care. I'll beat you with a girl who cares. Don't lose. And then when they lost, they got laughed at. Like I was handicapping myself in quotes, but I didn't see it that way. I saw China as an equal competitor to a lot of the top guys. It's like I would only use not use her when they're using Undertaker, Kane Mankind, like people that are super strong. And other than that, I'm like, shoot, if I'm fighting mid-Carters like Jericho, etc, I'm using China. And they thought that was funny. I didn't. She was amazing to me about the pedigree and later on the powerbomb that she added. I think she had the best jackknife powerbomb next to Kevin Ash, like, to this day. Do you remember when she did that? I do remember that. Yes. She had a very sexy jackknife powerbomb. <laughs> uh, so, China is definitely up there and my greatest women of all time. And then Trish came along and just changed everything for me. Trish was the GOAT. Uh, after Trish, AJ Lee. AJ Lee, mm. day. I say she's the best promo cutter of women, period. Like, all time. All time. Including, like, my list is AJ, Alexa, um, Medusa, and then Sasha. I would say AJ is, like, far and above everyone else, though.
0: Um, Yeah, I feel like no one can touch her.
1: AJ Lee put my love for women's wrestling over the top in an era where. The diva's division was terrible, i 'm just going to be honest uh, it's the way and it has nothing to do with uh, the talent that was there it 's more so how they were presented uh, because, like we know from stories i 'm sure everyone on wrestling Twitter has heard the stories of Michelle McCool being scolded for putting on a better match than the men with Molina and it 's just a damn shame that they did not want the women to show up the men in any capacity and punish them for it and discourage them from going out there and showing out. So I felt like AJ Lee was a huge bright spot in a time where women were like instructed to be terrible and just not trained properly. And then later on, NXT started to become what we know today. And I wasn't watching when Paige was down there. I only started watching because Paige fans, I, I would frequent wrestling forums a lot. And I felt like Paige fans were calling her the second coming of Jesus and she's going to save the divas division. And she's better than AJ. I'm like, hold on. Who the hell is this? Cause uh, this is what happened. <laughs> and like 2014, right after WrestleMania, she showed up, hit AJ with a questionable finisher. She bought her own finisher. And then uh, she just won the title. And I was like, what, what just happened? Who is this? Where did she come from? I didn't know what was going on. So I had to go on forums to learn about NXT and stuff. And I'm like, okay, let me check this out. So I started watching old stuff. And while I was watching Paige's old stuff, I stumbled across none other than Sasha Banks. I'm like, hold on. Who's this cute little black girl with the blonde hair? I like her with the boss shirts on. And I'm like, She's got a nice little attitude. And so I started like going from watching Paige stuff to understand why people loved her so much to like admiring Sasha as a performer. And then when she joined the BFFs and then I started watching live like in May. Um, This is like after Charlotte versus Natalia for the NXT championship um, when Paige vacated it. I started watching NXT live, and I'm like, oh, my God, I love Sasha Banks. This this girl's the best. Like, I just see it. This girl's the best. She's the future. She's got so much attitude. She's got so much personality, charisma, and I think she's the best wrestler I've seen in a very long time. This is before she had a notable match. Keep that in mind. Like, she would only wrestle 10-minute matches with Bayley and uh, the other girls that were there at the time, and I just saw, like, from her technique, like, she was a cut above the rest. And so – Bayley got her number one contenders match with Charlotte um, in 9-11, 2014. Not number one contenders match. Uh, yeah, she beat Sasha for the number one contender spot, but she got the title match with Charlotte on 9-11, 2014. we will never forget that because of the date. It was easy to remember. And uh, they had a takeover match. It was okay. Uh, but all this time, I'm like, when is Sasha Banks going to get a title match? And she was on the pre-show like saying, why don't I have merch? I'm like, that's a damn good question. She's got all these accessories. She, she at the time had a boss chain, a boss, like 10 different boss shirts and the glasses. And I'm like, how have they not merchandised her yet? It makes no sense because I wanted to buy something forever. And uh, she came out after Charlotte beat Bailey. And that's when she declared herself the number one contender. I'm like, yes, it is her time. Everyone's going to see why she's the best. I just know it. I just know it. And then fast forward a couple months later to NXT R Evolution, and that's when Sasha became a star. No one can tell me otherwise. A lot of the kids today, because they didn't see this stuff, are going to tell you it was Sasha versus Bayley at Brooklyn. But she was already made way before that. Um, if you were following like her whole journey, all the big name wrestlers, retired legends, etc., started talking about Sasha Banks after our evolution. Even Vince freaking Russo, and he hates wrestling. <laughs> it says a lot when Vince Russo, who does not care about wrestling matches, is like, "Whoa, this." And this is a literal quote from him: Sasha Banks carries herself like a ten-year veteran.
0: She does. At the time, she was still new At to the time. business, and she just carried herself and her character so well. Like, I think with the takeover thing, I think that just gave her, you know, and her talent a more of a spotlight because I think that was the first takeover that was actually like in a big stadium versus the full sale mm-hmm. university. So I think it just had so much of a spotlight and. More no, it a- was
1: still full sale, but it was publicized better, and that made a huge difference. Like, it was still full sale, but um everyone uh it, no uh, our, yeah, evolution. Uh, our, yeah,
0: our, our evolution ev- our evolution was but you're mentioning her match with bailey that was the oh one yeah that was, that that
1: that was, that that was, was one in a stadium had, yeah. yeah yeah and the fact that it's still the best match of all time like that is what it is and i can see why people would think that's what made sasha a star but no this match in 2014 december 2014 at our evolution is what, what? Oh my God! This girl's a star. And that's, it, that's when I when first saw
0: her like, have a really showcase her skills. Like I was interested in her before because I I saw a segment with her on um, Charlotte. And I know Bailey came out with like a cast in her leg and Sasha kicked kicked her down. I mm-hmm. was just like, I really like this boss chick. Cause I had heard about her before. Cause I, well I'll, I'll get to more of the story when I get to like you know how I got passionate. But I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Cut you off, and so yeah, you could finish up talking no about. Sure. Um.
1: So we're at our evolution. This is when Sasha became a star, and I'm like, this girl. If she doesn't make it, like, as at the time, black women, uh, and I'm sure many of your friends have covered this a thousands of times, but I'm just going to say, because I'm new here, black women were never put in a prominent spot in WWF or E. They would hit a ceiling. Like they would be the second fiddle to whatever the top girl was and then never get a championship or never have a real reign. And I'm like, Sasha's going to break that ceiling. She's going to break the mold. She's going to be the girl who is the face of the company because there's just no reason for her not to be. And keep in mind, this is December, doesn't emerge. I don't think she got her shirt till February 2015, the first boss shirt, black one.
0: Yeah, with gold. the gold.
1: Mm-hmm. print yeah I don't think she got that to her. so I'm like when Sasha gets merch she's going to be the number one merch seller and I'm page, always laughing at me for that and on the forums and stuff and the jokes on them now but mm-hmm. that's another story I'm not going to be petty right now <laughs> but um so like, Sasha's going to be that girl to be the girl and she was for a very long time and then you know now her booking is absolute shit but she, may, she made it further than a lot of people thought she would. And uh, to this day, she's the greatest women's wrestler the company has ever seen. And the only argument I'm going to hear is Io Shirai. That is the only argument I'm going to hear. So gonna Sasha has the big resume. EO fan. Big Io fan. Mm. Sasha has the resume, but Io has the ability to eclipse her. She's the only one. I hear I hear a little dissent in your voice. What is this, JT? Do you disagree? So, uh
0: I, I will say I love EO. Um I feel like her language barrier will always hold her back. We know how WWE loves people who can cut promos, but um I feel like there's someone else that I think who really should be the face of the vision, if not Sasha, and that's Bianca Belair. I say I'm that not mad at that. You're not mad at good. Okay. I said it for a million reasons. Um, I know that she didn't come from the indies. I don't even think she was even a fan prior to coming to the company, but she has carried herself so well and have, has really taken, you know, this, you know, profession, like so professionally. Like not many people come in with, you know, no experience and just really thrive as quick as she has. And she just keeps growing and growing and getting better. But it's like she, in my opinion, is the all around star she has a good look she's beautiful she's sexy she um is so confident when she comes out like the first time I ever saw her come out in front of a takeover crowd she just did it like she's been doing it her whole life she's Mm -hmm. good in the ring and she's getting better um Mm -hmm. she can cut a good promo now she's no you know AJ Lee or anything like that but her promos are pretty good they're funny too they're funny yes And just people just gravitate towards her. Like, her character is just, you know, a really intriguing character that people just really like. Like, it's cool. You know, it's something that little kids can like. It's something that adults can like. You know, there's no shame in being a fan You know, of her. Like, I know some people may have, like, been kind of ashamed of being, like, a ballet fan back in the day. Because she was more of a character that was directed towards kids. But she has a character for everyone. And I can just... And I feel like WWE's really building her up really well versus I know that she hasn't really won any big matches yet, but as yeah. far as like, yeah, I was going to say that when she um gets, you know, in big matches, she gets a really big spotlight on her and dominates. She dominated at survivor series. She dominated at war games. She dominated at the Royal rumble. I think it's only a matter of time. And um, I was talking about it on a recording that I did recently with some of my O-Face team members. Like we really think that, you know, she's probably not even going to win the NXT women's title. We think that she's going to come to Raw and, you know, be with her husband and potentially go after Becky maybe or whoever beats Becky. And, you know, cause she deserves such a big spotlight. Like as much as I love NXT, the audience, you know, it's limited on how many people watch it. We think she deserves the bigger, you know, spotlight Raw. but that's just my opinion.
1: You're 100% correct. And for the people who don't know me in my Twitter display picture, I have a legit Bianca Belair jacket on. The gold one. I've noticed she that. All the time. Um, she's my second favorite <laughs> right now. Uh, but what I was talking about in regards to – you're correct. But what I was talking about in regards to EO is, like, wrestling, strictly wrestling, mm-hmm. not, not character or anything like that. But in terms of putting on a classic matches, EO is right there with
0: Sasha. Oh, yeah. I mean, Eo, can, EO does kind of remind me of Sasha. Like, I can't think of any bad matches that she's had because right. – There's plenty of women out there that are good, but they still they need to be in the ring with certain people. Like, I I don't know how you feel about this, but I know Becky Lynch is being booked as, you know, the top star in a company. Mm -hmm. She really only works well with limited people. Charlotte, Sasha, Asuka.
1: I was going to say it. I was going to be that guy. I'll be the villain for your podcast, but you said it and I'll be glad to elaborate on that. I feel the same way. Charlotte is my second favorite horsewoman. But in that regard, she can only perform well with Becky and Charlotte. Um, her matches with Bayley are kind of – except one. One of them was really good. Mm-hmm. But in general, her matches with Bayley are kind of whatever. Uh, her matches with the rest of the women's roster are kind of whatever. Especially last year, I feel like that was her worst year ever in terms of not only booking, but – individual performance and she herself admitted that that she just wasn't motivated because of how she was being booked but hey you still got to put on good matches and that's something what puts Sasha above the rest of them is that her booking can be shit but she's still going to go out there and kill it even though she knows she's going to lose she's still going to put on the best match
0: of the card that's just what she does she's
1: a professional
0: Absolutely, and that's no shade towards, you know, other wrestlers, you know, and you know, it's just, we're kind of just pointing out, like, how we feel like Sasha, for example, and EO are, you know, kind of more favorable towards us, because they can go out there and just get, you know, they had that Yo chemistry, it. they they always are motivated, and they give it 110%, like.
1: Absolutely, with anybody, Asuka, with Ronda, I'm talking about Sasha's matches, and, and then EO losing to Shayna, and whoever else like she's still going to put on a four-star match it it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but other people that are in top positions charlotte becky they're guilty of this but like let's just talk about last year um Mm -hmm. let's talk about how every woman's main event was terrible last year average Uh, at best i don't want to say terrible i just want to say um average terrible to average so we'll start with WrestleMania yeah, where it had yeah. a bot, several botches and a botched finish. That's that's what people are going to remember. I'm just going to keep it real. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to remember the fucked up finish, very underwhelming uh way the match ended. Um then we'll go to Survivor Series with uh Becky versus Shayna versus Bailey. Like that that was just done so poorly. Like, like the whole build up was oh uh it's Becky versus Shayna, and yeah, Bailey's there, and th- and then Bayley's like waving her hand. I'm not an afterthought, guys. I'm not an afterthought, mm-hmm. guys. Okay, no one cares. And then WWE is drawing attention to the fact that Bailey is an afterthought, and she has to prove she's not. And then what happens in the match? It's fu- one, it's fucking boring, and people are like legit booing and saying boring and falling asleep. And then two, she gets choked out. Like wh- what? Do- what? What are you trying to prove here? I was so baffled by that. It's like. You spent this time you, you had a face-to-face sit-down with Becky and Shayna, like basically telling the world Bailey's not important. Like these are the two people we need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily wrong, but but they're not helping her either. I'm not I'm not a Bailey fan at all, but she isn't given any she isn't given much to work with. You know, it's like you can only blame the performer for so much. It's like they're putting her in a position to fail. It's like, oh, they've given her all these accolades. What do you mean? And, and it's like they feel meaningless because of the way she's presented. It's like, does she feel like, be honest with me, does she feel like a long, the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion to you?
0: Honestly, no. It's something that I didn't even realize until it was actually brought up on social media. Yeah, I, I didn't know either. I thought it was Charlotte
1: or Alexa because <laughs> they are presented when they have the belts, you fucking
0: know it. Yeah. Wait, wait can we curse here? Yeah, just a little, a little bit, not like go crazy with it. Uh, not, not go crazy. Okay, <laughs> excuse me.
1: But um, when Alexa and Charlotte are champion, they are presented like goddesses among everyone. It's like they are so far above everyone on the chain it's painfully obvious and it really makes people upset and and they're like what about my favorite they're they're like treated like crap and it's like they literally have a crown on them like do you remember the segments where alexa would win the title and then gather around the whole division and stand on top of a stool and then i remember (laughs) those are funny but it's like that is an accurate representation of the booking. When, but when they have the title and then when other people have the title, it's just mm-hmm. like no one cares. It's like they don't feel like the champion. They're, the uncrowned champion is always Charlotte. You know, that's how it feels when she's competing for the title. It's like, you, you know, you feel like Charlotte is the woman. Um, but that's not the case with Bailey. She's constantly booked as an afterthought um everyone's just waiting for Sasha to turn on her and she's booked she was booked to lose a lot up until recently I noticed like the last couple of months since she beat Lacey she hasn't really lost that much except the tag team match um against Naomi and Lacey like a month or so ago mm-hmm. but she's not perpetually losing like she was before to the point where since she's turned heel since she's turned heel her heel turn was a major flop uh, initially. I think they, did, they handled that really poorly. She did nothing of value. Um, she just wasn't presented as anything of importance. And like I said, this was around the Build to Survivor series where she was being sold as an afterthought and it ended up being an afterthought in the match and in the finish when she got choked out. It's like, okay, so you've proved to us what we all thought all along. How, how does that help Bailey get better? It doesn't. Yeah.
0: It's not like I feel like with Bailey, they kind of booked her into a corner. Um, going back to Survivor Series, they put her in a match that she wasn't gonna not only win but take the or you know she was gonna pretty much had no choice but to take the you know the fall. They weren't gonna do yeah. it with the Becky because we know is, like mega high on Becky, and I'm not mad at them for that because I know she's you know re- being well received, merchandise is selling well. Shayna, they did not want her to lose either because. Clearly, you know, they've had big plans for her for a while for WrestleMania and they need her to look strong in front of the mainstream audience to look like a credible threat for Becky at WrestleMania. So that was just kind of and, and that's just what Shana does. She chokes out everyone. Like it's not like it it's it's a rare thing. You know, we saw her just destroy everyone in that um elimination chamber match. And then the other issue Which with Bailey. Yeah. Well, I, I was actually fine with the Elimination Chamber to be honest with you. Um I say that because, you know, um, like I mentioned, I felt like they just – they had to make Shayna look strong in it. And I I feel like they they did showcase um, Asuka very well in it. And even though Liv Morgan didn't last long, she still – she emotionally got me invested, you know, just seeing how, like, she was going at Shayna. She wasn't, like, backing down. And it took her hanging off the turnbuckle – and her passing out the getting eliminated versus tapping quickly like everyone else did. So I feel like they made her look strong and there's potential with her after that. I you know, and, and like honestly, with, with like Sarah Logan and Ruby, I don't really unfortunately see much of a future with them. I just don't think WWE's behind them in yeah, any way. Me either. I like, I like Sarah my take. honestly. But here's my take on how you fix that chamber match.
1: You have the five girls go at it, give their all, get all their spots off. You have Shayna come out last when she's fresh and choke out everybody one by one. That's how you get the same result of Shayna looking dominant without everyone else looking like trash because you saw them out there give their all. They got all their spots off. All the girls look good. And then Shayna, who hasn't taken any damage, understandably destroys them while they're at their lowest point. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, okay, we understand Shayna needed to win because it was obviously going to be Shayna versus Becky. But we're not disgusted. Because our faves, well, my faves weren't in there, but I'm just speaking for everyone. Our faves aren't being instantly choked out as soon as Shayna walks towards them. You know, that, that was stupid. That was the shortest chamber in history, I believe. Like, it was, what, 15 minutes total? And most of that time was us waiting? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you can't have five minutes of dead air of, like, Shayna staring at people in cubes. Like, it makes no sense for the match to be booked the way it was. There's so many different ways they could have handled that, and they took the worst possible route. And that's why people were upset. I Like, what you said, oh, Shane needs to look dominant. Yes, we know. But you don't have to make everyone look like trash at the same time. That's all I have
0: to say about that. Yeah, I understand that. Um, Obviously, like, she did just kind of just blow through a lot of people. And then, you know, like, she was waiting Um. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I was fine. Fine with it. it was one thing if if she if it was like Sasha and Bailey getting choked out within you know seconds. Like these are more of the the lower tier of the roster. Um, I mean, just like I said, I didn't really. I wasn't emotionally into. Like I'm not the biggest Natalia fan or Ruby or Sarah, so it didn't really mean much to me. Um, I am a huge Liv Morgan fan, so at least I mm-hmm. I felt like she really like still kind of toughed it out like she got her head smashed into the door and she still was you know trying so I feel like there's like I said potential with her but um yeah kind of like you know going back though because I want to get to like um how like I became a fan of women and then we'll kind of get back to current stuff (laughs) um my story so just like you I'm 30 years old too so I grew up in the same era of being a fan of the attitude era um I will say my memory is kind of foggy with the women's wrestling back then. I only remember so much. Um, obviously, I remember China. My dad was a huge China fan, and I did like her as well. And I remember Lita being a part of the Hardy Boys, but I don't remember her actually wrestling in matches. I just remember her doing some of her somersaults, you know, in some of her matches, kind of like what Selena Vega does. She'll do her, her Karana during the matches to help um, Andrade. Mm-hmm. But the, the female that got me that I was really big into when I was younger was Tori. Not Tori Wilson, but the Tori that was with like X-Pac and Kane. I don't think her well, name well. had a last name to it. But I remember really liking her. And actually, when I was 10 years old, I got a, a puppy and I named a puppy after Tori. So that's how big of a fan I was of her. And then I will say I did get out of wrestling when I got closer to high school. So I missed, you know, the, the air of Trish Stratus dominating and Lita and all those women. And I, I do regret it because I know I did miss that a lot throughout the Ruthless Aggression era. But um, I got back into wrestling in 2010. Now, this was, you know, the diva era. At first, I was, you know, I was more into the men's wrestling. You know, I was a big Randy Orton and John Morrison fan. Mm-hmm. But I did like Kelly Kelly. I really liked her. You know, and um, I've actually, I met her, like, uh, seven years ago, and she's a really sweet person. But as far as me, when I really, like, became a really big fan of women's wrestling, it was, you know, like you mentioned AJ Lee. I was huge. And it was was for a lot of reasons. She was good, but she stood out. She wasn't your typical I'm good looking, I'm a model kind of wrestler. She was your normal, you know, girl out there, your tomboy, your, you know, it was, and she was just so entertaining. Like, she didn't need to wrestle to entertain us. She cut a promo. She just was such an interesting character. Like, I love the whole, you know, love storyline stuff that she did with Cena and Ziggler and then Daniel Bryan and Punk. Like, she was always in some kind of storyline that just was so entertaining. And then around the same time, you know, I started hearing all the rumblings about Paige and NXT. So one day I looked up Paige on YouTube and I saw a whole bunch of her highlights. From back like when she was in the UK and I was like wow this girl's good because I've never seen a female wrestle like that before that was the first time like she's kicking the shit out of people and just you know like the um the rampage that move was really cool looking and I was like wow this girl's cool so I actually because at the time you couldn't there was no WWE network so one of the ways that you could watch NXT was through Hulu so I subscribed to Hulu just for NXT so I gotta watch Paige and throughout time, I became a really big Paige fan. So it was like Paige was my NXT girl and AJ Lee was my, um, you know, main roster girl. And then when she finally came up the Raw and went toe-to-toe with AJ, that's what made me realize I'm, I like Paige more. And I will admit the, you know, the finisher was kind of botched. And I don't know. I felt like Paige, you know, mentally wasn't ready. She clearly seemed very nervous when she came out, like, she was kind of, like, fumbling her words a little bit, but as a fan, I was still happy seeing her on the main roster. Like, this was back before I really looked into spoilers and stuff like that, so I had no idea she was going to show up. And then it was Paige. Like, Paige was a big deal for me for a very long time, and I remember just being so upset, because I thought she was going to be the one to carry the torch and lead the women, you know, evolution to this new direction, and they kept, you know, I don't like using the word Barry, but they kept on putting Nikki Bella over which is still to this day, I just kind of can't stand the Bellas because of this. I mean, it's not their fault. But I did not like the fact that WWE kept holding Paige back and not letting her carry this um, torch. And um, so then around that time, you know, I started watching NXT again because I did stop watching it just for a little bit after Paige got called up. And that's when I saw Sasha. I saw... Mm -hmm. You know, like I mentioned to you earlier in the episode, like I saw her in that segment with Charlotte and Bailey, and I was like, wow, this character is so cool. And then at that TakeOver R Evolution, when I saw her versus Charlotte Flair, I was like, wow, this girl can wrestle her ass off. And then I just kept seeing, and I saw it in that Fatal 4-Way match, and then I saw her versus Becky. And then when she had that TakeOver Brooklyn match against Bailey, that was like, this is it. Like, "Ah, women's wrestling. Like, this is for me. Like, and ever since then it's just it's for me it's just been all about the women like I love you know men's wrestling as well obviously but I I'm more invested into women's wrestling and I feel like it's like for the longest time we had so many talented women and they, they just never got a spotlight and it's still like women's wrestling still like kind of like fresh and new to me like it's something different you know you, you're we're still seeing historical matches happen that we never seen before and even though that we've we've seen women in the elimination chamber like three times now, it still just feels fresh when it happens. Same thing with Hell in a Cell and Royal Rumble. Like it, it still has like that very fresh feel. And just seeing like the, a lot of these women when they get the opportunity to shine, you know, a lot of them really take advantage of it. Like Sasha, like Io, Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair. Charlotte Flair, like it's just seeing these women go out there and be so passionate when at one point they weren't given these opportunities. It's like, it really inspires me personally.
1: Yeah. I, I would like to address how you admitted that Paige was a disappointment as a Paige fan. Cause a lot of them
0: don't do that. Yeah. Cause like she was booked beautifully in NXT. I have no issues at all with her NXT run her main roster run could have been better. I don't think that I don't. I mean, I don't. We don't know what goes on backstage because obviously, when she beat AJ and took the title, AJ disappeared for two months. So I don't know if that was something that AJ Lee requested. But I personally would have wished that she would have came up and started a feud, and then took the title off AJ at the following pay per view, which was Extreme Rules, versus it just being very random. And like I said. That, <laughs> That being Paige's debut on Raw, she was obviously pretty nervous, and maybe it was probably the wrong time to put such a big spotlight on her.
1: If I recall correctly, AJ needed personal time off.
0: Okay, so that does make sense. Um, It's just like the the issue is, is, you know, Paige, you know, NXT wasn't what it is now, so a lot of people still weren't very familiar with NXT. So to a lot of fans who didn't watch it, like, who the hell is this? Because I remember being like that when The Shield came up, because I wasn't a fan of NXT. I'm like, who's Dean Ambrose? Who's Roman Reigns, you know? So it was, she was kind of booked into a really tough situation. And then, and I I blame the booking a lot. They did not book Paige like they booked her in NXT. You know, they took the black attire away and gave her purple. Um, they, they, They took away the badass kind of vibe that she had and made her just kind of more like, you know, a normal one of the normal women on the roster. She didn't have that, like, I'm going to kick you in the face field. Like, when she came up to, you know, confront AJ, she came to thank, you know, the congratulate her versus to challenge her. Like, that's not the page in NXT. Yeah, the biggest problem most people had was in
1: NXT, she was presented as the anti-diva. And when she transitioned to the main roster, she literally became a diva. And they put her on total divas. And, And they're like, what? You're a hypocrite and this, that, and the other. And, and then Paige would get annoyed because she's like, it's just a gimmick. But stuff like that is important for continuity and, and transitioning from the NXT to the main roster. And that's why at that time, a lot of NXT prospects failed as soon as they transitioned Because everything great that they did in NXT was taken from them or they just didn't do on the main roster. And no one knew who the hell they were on top of that. So it's like, we don't know you. You're, you're not doing anything that made you interesting where people did know you and did appreciate mm-hmm. you. So why should we care? And, and that's a big reason why people uh, dislike Paige. But the other thing was her matches were very underwhelming. And she botched a lot, a lot in 2014. She, she botched her own finisher several times to the point where she had to get rid of it and then switch it to the Rampage DDT, which was much better.
0: I, I agree. I, I, I think that move is realistically more dominating. It like feels like it would be more impactful. Move. Yeah.
1: The um, the, what was the original one called? The one with the bootleg-looking angle slam. Um, uh,
0: the page turner. The page turner. Yeah, that was horrible. That was horrible. Yeah, like, some of her some of her moves didn't work. I like the um, that submission move that she did, which looked really cool, but it didn't work. With like, I know she had a hard time locking it in properly versus Tamina, because Tamina's you know she's a pretty tall girl, and uh, and she like the Texas coverleaf variation, or yeah, where she like. Pulls them up by their arms, and I forgot what that move was called. I can't believe that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, they all had page in their names, didn't they? I think this move might have been different. Like when it came comes to the name, I get looked at out. We check Google. Page submission (laughs)
1: move. But I did like that move, too. Um, PTO. PTO. PTO page uh, oh, tap Oh, yeah, out. she struggled with that. The page tap out. Yeah. She struggled with that on a lot of ca- – Yeah, like you said, Tamina, because she's big. And, yeah, she had to drop that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it, when it's locked in, it does look cool. But it, it was messed up quite often. And it was really unfortunate because um, I, I was annoyed more so by her fans than her herself because it's not like she came in and said, I'm the GOAT. Like I'm the yeah. future, I'm the the Divas Division. I'm uh, the savior of the Divas Division. She didn't say that. It was her fans that were overhyping. Oh her. hell yeah! I
0: I was saying it. I still <laughs> to this hey. day could say that her and AJ Lee both single-handedly like saved the women's wrestling because as much as like Lita and Trish Stratus did, wrestling <laughs> didn't change after they left. It got worse. For women that's when the divas there came Paige and AJ they helped revolutionize something and they helped build what we have today you know because Paige she was the first ever NXT women's champion She she gave them a reason to put a women's title in NXT AJ Lee really she voiced her opinion she stepped up she did something that a lot of other women did not she was tweeting to give divas a chance and she really was a vocal point in that division and then when she I don't know how scripted it was, if at all, but when she laid that pipe bomb, everything she said was true. Like she didn't get there from being part of a famous family or being good looking or being, you know, basically dating, you know, a popular wrestler. She got there because she was good. Now, like I said, I don't know if that's something they told her to do or she just kind (laughs) of, she wrote wrote it,
1: but the women weren't informed. Like, um, I'm just going to put you on game. Sometimes, most of the time, in promo battles, you go back and forth backstage mm-hmm. with your opponents. Say, this is what I'm going to say. And you go, like, bullet points. And then you counterpoint this. Like, yeah. the, Rock and, uh, the Rock and Cena did that. And Cena, what pissed The Rock off is that Cena went off script multiple times. And um, CM Punk and The Rock scheduled their promos as well like that. So mm-hmm. AJ came out and did that to no girl's knowledge. And they were personally offended because <laughs> they felt like she meant every word she said, like, maliciously. She to probably day, did. Some of us hate her. Yeah, and she did probably work. did. I mean, she wasn't yeah. wrong. She, she didn't wasn't. say anything wrong. All of it was true. And it struck nerves because she was right. The yeah. truth hurts. It is what it is. But here's my thing. When you said Trish and Lita didn't change the game, you didn't see everything they did. Th- these women had hardcore matches. They were wrestling men. They were put through tables. They had a lot of firsts that – the women of today are claiming to have that that's not true uh trish and we like charlotte and sasha having the first false count underwear match like trish and lita were in hardcore match like trish and victoria had the first women's hardcore match weapons and all like everywhere it it was fantastic and stuff like that isn't talked about to this day because they want to attribute all those things to the horsewomen and i'm a big sasha and charlotte fan and that's not to discredit the horsewomen or anything it's just wwe propaganda that's they, they push Trish and Lita as the two greatest, but they don't talk about all the stuff that they used to do. Um, one, because society won't accept men beating up women. That's the way it's viewed. as like a domestic violence situation when it's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's two people consenting with their bodies, and that's a whole other argument that I could talk about for hours. Uh, I was, I'm sure you've seen Mia Yim and many other women do on Twitter who have been domestically abused, saying there's nothing wrong with men wrestling women. There's not. Um, and I really hate that WWE has erased that aspect from their history, and they just don't discuss it, like the Dudley boys. Do you, do you know who the Dudley boys are? Or yeah, you just weren't watching the time, but you know who they are. So oh, they hi. put Mae Young and Moolah through tables back I in I saw day. those clips. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was a regular thing, and it was just okay. So women back then were doing shit that you will not ever see women of today doing. So I disagree when you say uh, Tristan Lee didn't change the game, because they definitely did they were doing stuff that even women, like only China was doing. Trish and Lita were doing that stuff because they pushed for it. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't first to do it. They weren't asked to do it. Trish is like, Hey, I want to get in the ring with Chris Jericho. I want to wrestle Christian. I want to take a chokeslam. I want to go through a table like Trish asked for this stuff. And that's what made her so special. And then um, what happened, it wasn't their fault. What happened was management just stopped caring. And that's what gave us the shitty divas division. Diva search started at all that we had for so long where the women couldn't wrestle because they weren't taught to is not, I'm not going to blame all the talent because a lot of them clearly wanted to like Melina, Michelle McCool. Those two were amazing and they don't even get talked about to this day, unfortunately, because they were in such a terrible era. Like the only name you'll hear mentioned from that era is Mickey James. That's it because mm-hmm. she's still around. And um, where I will say I, – I don't attribute – I'm just going to be real with you. I don't attribute where we're at right now to Paige at all. Um, some people do give her credit because she was the first NXT women's champion and, you know, you got to start somewhere. But the shift came when AJ Lee retired and WWE hit the panic button because they didn't. Ex- they thought she was going to resign. And they had no top female star at that point. And then the horsewoman. Meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, let's see. WrestleMania was April. Sasha is a god in NXT, not a goddess, a god because mm-hmm. she is the number one commodity, male or female, in that product in the whole world. ESPN, SportsCenter, Art, Rolling Stone. All these articles are talking about how great she is and how she's revolutionizing wrestling alongside the four horsewomen because Sasha just having four star match after four star match. So. They panicked while she was champion and called up all – well, not all of them. Three out of four of them prematurely because AJ left. And no one can tell me otherwise. You,
0: you Do you see that? I do. Um. So basically what I meant um, when I said, like, Paige and um, AJ, like, I feel like Paige and AJ started it. What they did, you know, they did something and helped build something that, you know, in an era where wrestling, women wrestling wasn't taken seriously. I don't want to say it's 100% them too. I do credit like four horsemen, obviously, because they also made a lot of noise and they helped, they were a part of that division when it went from the divas to the women's. I just feel like Paige and AJ both equally laid the foundation down, which helped, you know, um. The Four horsewomen, because guess what? Paige was in NXT when, you know, um, Sasha was there, and she was, you know, really making the noise first. And then when she left, you know, that kind of, um, I feel like that kind of motivated WWE to give more women a chance. I mean, I'm, I, like I said, I wasn't backstage or anything like that. That that's just how I look at it as a fan. I saw Paige did it first. After Paige did it, in Paige left, you started seeing all these other women get book strong because. Even in NXT, you know, at the time it really was just Paige. I mean, Emma did get a pretty decent push at you know some points, but it really was her. They even had to bring down Natalia at one point to have a championship match versus Paige because I guess they didn't look at anyone else as you know um uh you know challengers.
1: Here's what I will say: Paige versus Emma started. Mm, it it jump started the women's revolution divas at the time to an extent, because that was at the time, the best match people had seen women compete in um, since like AJ and Caitlin years before. So when they saw Paige versus Emma, they're like, Oh, they're taking women's wrestling seriously again. They're having 10, 15 minute matches. That's amazing. And <clears throat> NXT. Okay. Let's check that out. So after that, when Paige dropped the title and then the tournament happened, they had Natalya come down and face Charlotte. And that is what put more eyes on the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's like, whoa, wait, Ric Flair has a daughter? Because that's when NXT started becoming, after Paige beat AJ, is when people started becoming aware of NXT. It's because they are like, where'd this bitch come from? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Outside of the hardcore fans, they're like, who is this? And they looked and they're like, oh, Ric Flair has a daughter? What, she's wrestling for the title? Oh, oh, okay, she's tall, she does a figure... Oh, she does a figure four with the bridge. That's cool. So Ric Flair's daughter, this is how everyone saw it, um, was a draw just because of her name. It's like, okay, she's competing for the title. Let's check that out. And they killed it. Natalia and Charlotte freaking killed it. And it was already better than Paige versus Emma. And that was the match that immediately followed it. So from that point on, it's like, oh, my God, we got to watch this NXT women's division because it's fire. And then more and more people started watching and then they watched Charlotte versus Bailey. The feud was better than the match. Um, Mm -hmm. I was touched. I was not, I'm not, I've never been a Bailey fan, but I was touched by her inspirational story. You know, she was nobody. Um, She just wanted to be everyone's friend and just be liked. And they kept turning on her and they kept turning on her and um, they, they used her and made a mockery of her. Did you watch like the BFF, uh, segments and all that with Bailey and Summer Rae
0: and how they treated her and everything? I briefly watched it. Like I remember the segment where um, Summer Rae kind of basically inspired Sasha to turn heel and turn into the boss. But I have a very cloudy, cloudy memory of that just because at the time I was kind of dipping in and out of NXT because like I mentioned when Paige left, I kind of you know, I, I felt like I didn't have a reason to really watch NXT. There really wasn't any stars I was invested into. It took me dipping in here and there, really see, you know, like Sasha and get invested in her.
1: Gotcha. So they had really well designed storylines that made you care about people that you typically wouldn't care about. And so Bailey was the hero that was gonna save us from the evil bully Charlotte. And then she just came up short and you're like, well shit what are we gonna do now? And then that's when Sasha comes out and demands her spot. She's like, I created you. The storyline was Sasha was the Dr. Frankenstein that made Charlotte the monster she is today because she was second in command to Summer Rae and the BFFs and they brought Charlotte in and they molded her and made her super powerful. And she's like, only I can stop you. And I really believed because, with that logic, like I, I was, they, they turned me into a mark. With that logic, I'm like, Sasha can't lose to Charlotte. There's no way. Uh-huh. She never faced her. She knows her inside and out. They were teammates for six months. She's got this. She's going to win the title at our evolution. And she lost, and I was devastated. Listen, man, I haven't cried over wrestling uh, since WrestleMania 17. When uh, Austin beat The Rock with the chair 20 times, that was the last time I cried <laughs> over wrestling. And I teared up when I lost to Charlotte because I was so sure she was winning, and I felt that L. I-, I felt – I was like, what? I was devastated, dude. She took a natural selection the top rope. And I was like, oh, my God, no, <laughs> not like
0: this. See, that's the not story like this, of man. our life being a Sasha fan. It feels like when she should win, she loses. Like, that's happened so many times, you know, ever since she, you know, got popular. It just – it happened. That I remember thinking that she was going to win then. I remember – like, I knew she was going to lose to Bailey at TakeOver, honestly, considering she was already on main. But I thought she was going to retain against Charlotte. No, I actually know. I thought she was going to win that triple threat match at WrestleMania 31. I think it was against um, Becky and Charlotte. And mm-hmm. then I thought she was going to retain at SummerSlam against Charlotte, then Hell in a Cell, then that um, TLC or whatever it was called. Then I thought she was going to be Becky at this most recent Hell in a Cell. Like, that's just like such a tragic tragic. In scene. retrospect, at the time
1: I was furious. But in retrospect, <laughs> I don't think she needed to win at the time because she was made a star that night. Mm -hmm. in defeat like I started reading all the reviews it was like a it, it took me like a week to process everything and I'm like wow Steve Austin is on his podcast he doesn't watch NXT he doesn't watch women's wrestling like that and he's saying this girl is the future and he she impressed him he made a whole segment for Sasha Banks I'll never forget that I've been listening to Austin's podcast since 2014 and then when he started talking about Sasha I'm like okay she's made it she, she has made it. It's okay that she lost. She just needs to win the next one. And she did. She mm-hmm. won the Fatal Four way match.
0: Yes, I thought and, that was a better time yeah, to in my off.
1: opinion. Because per- everyone was watching. Because yes. at first, yes. you know, a lot of people were watching, but they, they didn't know her like they know her now. And it took her losing for them to be like, wow, this girl's amazing. Let's keep watching. Let's keep watching. Then they watched the feud some more. And then the Fatal Four way was built. And now. Everyone wants Sasha to win. Everyone wants Sasha to win, and she was a heel.
0: Yes, I she remember heel. The fans were crazy for it. Like, we want Sasha. Oh, do later. you remember Sasha's? What
1: was that? That was later. That was later. That was after. Yeah, Brooklyn. that was when she was. That was you. after Brooklyn, when she lost to Bailey, and then uh, went up to the main roster. She was already on the main roster, but um, after the match with, with Bailey. Woo, for three to four months, when they wouldn't have Sasha on TV, stupidly, the whole crowd would chant, We want Sasha in every women's segment. Every women's, no matter who's in the ring, it could be Charlotte, Mm -hmm. it could be Becky, Paige, especially Paige, but they would chant, We want Sasha. And then the Bella Twins, and then their fans would get so mad at the hijacking, so mad. And as someone who hated CM Punk chants, I couldn't say much. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be a hypocrite. It kind of sucks <laughs> for the <laughs> performance in the ring, but it should send a clear message to the people backstage that Sasha is that girl, and they want her to be number one. And I was calm when she would go, like, weeks without being on television because I thought I was so certain that they were building her up to win at WrestleMania. I'm like Sasha is going to face Charlotte at WrestleMania and beat her for the diva at the time diva's title. Oh, yes. I had no idea they were going to switch it to women's title. We wanted them to. We were talking about that on the forums. We we're like, "Hey, at this point they need to bring back the women's title." And then they did that at WrestleMania. I'm like, "Okay, it's Sasha. She's going to be the first women's champion ever at WrestleMania. This was
0: worth the wait." No. Charlotte retains that's like what really upset me too. Cause it just felt like, cause you know, there's just certain times where you just feel like it's their time to shine. Like it, we got it. that with Becky last year. Cause I'm not gonna, lie, I was a big fan of Becky and I, I really think that she definitely deserved that moment. She deserved everything she got, you know, um, from that time period. And even still, I feel like her title reign was disappointing because of booking, but Becky deserved all those moments that she got. But like with mm-hmm. Sasha, she deserved it like it was her time the fans wanted her and it just it still to this day doesn't make sense why WWE didn't give it to her then or really even give her a proper cutter since then she's all around exactly what you want like she's a superstar she's beautiful she she no one and i'll, I'll be honest with you, nobody puts on better matches than sasha as consistent like we mentioned she can go. She's given Charlotte all Charlotte's best matches, in my opinion. Same thing with Except Becky. Except
1: Becky versus Charlotte at Evolution. That's the only thing out here, like in the conversation. And that was a match. good
0: match, yes. Um, Sasha with Bailey. Like Bailey's best matches with Sasha. But that's one out of like five. Yeah. Come on now, man. Asuka. Um, I think Asuka's second best match. Her best match on main roster was with Sasha. I still think her match with Ember's I best. Agree. Um, even Ronda Rousey, her best match was, was with Sasha. Um, I knew Sasha and Alexa Bliss had a really good match at Great Balls of Fire. Like, she can pretty much work well with anyone. And Anyone. She has the freaking coolest gimmick. How how has WW not gone all in with her? Like it, just, it
1: makes no sense to me. She's marketable. Like you said, she's the best in the ring. She's marketable. Everyone wants to go to her meet and greets. She was advertised at the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, what more do you with want from a poster Raines. girl? With Roman Reigns. You have her at the Super Bowl. Like, why won't you make this girl champion and give her a real reign? It makes no sense to me that she's been treated the way
0: she has. I'm and confident she, in that, what they're doing now. I'm giving them the last chance. I feel like that they're doing something <laughs> they're with her, good. Bailey. If if they fail oh, to God. either put the title on her or if they put the title on her and give her a short reign, then, then it's it. I will be fed up with, you know, how they book her. Um, but
1: I'm it, mentally giving up at that point. Like yeah. I, I'm giving them the mental deadline until SummerSlam. Like if she's not champion by then and if she doesn't, if she loses her first defense, that's it. I'm just mentally mm-hmm. checking out. There's no reason to get invested in him. I'm still going to love her as a performer, but there's no reason to get invested in anything she does. If the company's going to keep
0: treating her like shit. It just makes no goddamn sense. And she's very passionate about the company. She's not one of those like selfish, you know, wrestlers. I mean, and she seems like a very nice person. I can't see her being an asshole backstage, which I know has held wrestlers back before. Like she's, I, I just, and she like is sucking up to Vince McMahon on Twitter like no one's, you know, business, which I think is more of a character. That's thing, but- heavy sarcasm. That's heavy sarcasm. It's got to be. <laughs> Like, I, I,
1: like, remember when she thanked Vince McMahon like the weekend she got pulled out of the Rumble? Like, like come on, man. Like, I, she's been trolling like that for months. Yeah. But it, it, that's frustrating, too. It's like every time something stupid happens, thank you, Vince McMahon. It, it's mm-hmm. like it's supposed to stop us from being angry at how she's booked. When she says, thank you, Vince McMahon. And it's not. It's not going to, Sasha. Stop it. (laughs) We're still going to hate what Vince is doing with you. No matter how many times you thank him and say you love him and he signs off your million-dollar checks, we don't care. We don't care.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Um, I have a question. Go ahead. I was saying, go like, ahead. it was kind of changing the subject, but it's a question that I really wanted to ask you. You being a big fan of women's wrestling, so sure. Me personally, like I mentioned to you, I'm a really big Paige fan. Now I don't know if she'll ever wrestle again, but do you consider her a legend? No. No. Why is Not that? Not at all.
1: What has she done to qualify as a legend? I'm going to ask you, and then I'll
0: I'll counterpoint you. So okay. Go ahead. Tell, give, give me your argument. Well, my opinion is, I mean, her career was kind of short. I will say that, but she was very talented. You cannot question her, you know, in-ring skills. Um, she was the first ever NXT Women's Champion, and she did have a pretty lengthy reign. She was the first and only woman to ever hold an NXT Women's t- title and a main roster title at the same time two-time Divas champion. She was a part of, you know, she was at the, you know, um, the foundation of the women's, you know, revolution. And uh, she really inspired a lot of women, in my opinion, you know, with the whole, you know, the gothic kind of look. She did. She wasn't your typical pretty girl. They made, The Rock made a freaking movie about her. I feel like that she, you know, they, WWE still has used her, whether it's in, um, what's that show called that comes on on Tuesday nights backstage. She was GM at one point, you know, yeah, she, her main roster run wasn't what it could have been. You know, there's a lot of reasons why I feel like it kind of was disappointing, but I still feel like she accomplished a lot and she was her alongside AJ Lee was, you know, two women who did not have your typical diva look who stood out and, you know, accomplished things that a lot of other women, you know, didn't do. So now, what do you got to say? So
1: let's... I understand where you're coming from with the kayfabe accomplishments because that does matter in regards to... Are we talking about how we view them or the WWE Hall of Fame? Because those are two different arguments. How we view them. Okay, we as fans. Let's talk specifically about performance then. Where would you rank her amongst the current women in terms of performance? Yeah. Peer performance,
0: yep. Um, I would rank her like... With all the women that we have now, like, as far main roster, both combined, I would rank her top 15, honestly, like I would have to get a pen and paper and, you know, they get a better, you know, but I, I, I don't put her ahead of like, you know, an EO or an Asuka or a Sasha, even Charlotte, but I put her ahead of like a Becky, I put her ahead of Alexa um, I even think that she's even better in the ring than, you know, like a Bianca Belair. Um, she, she was very good in the ring, at, and definitely from a technical standpoint. Yeah, she didn't do a lot of the crazy backflips and suicide dives and stuff like that. But from a technical standpoint, she was very good. And um, she was very intense. Like she had like a really like a fight feeling to her when she was in the ring. Here's the, Here's thing. the thing. Bianca
1: does less moves. Paige knows more moves. But Bianca has better execution. Everything she does is cleaner, like she's not a technical wrestler, but she's going to put on a better match than Paige Mm -hmm. with her charisma, the way she presents herself and just the way she does her moves. Yeah, Yeah. they all feel impactful. Paige messed up simple moves a lot of the time and she can know 400 of them. But if if she messes up the majority that she shows in the ring and that's all that's all people are going to remember. And I'm sure you've heard this a lot over the years about Paige botching moves and having underwhelming matches. So knowing that, and then look at Bianca, she gets the opposite amount of praise with less wrestling knowledge. It just
0: is what it is. Well, so can I that, say that, this? Go ahead. I, I feel like it's a, you know, a two-person thing when you're wrestling in the ring. Bianca has been in the ring with better athletes, better wrestlers. Um, Paige, don't forget, she came into an era where there really wasn't... The women weren't at her level. And, you know, I think when you're wrestling someone who's just not at your level, it does show in the ring. You know, Paige was out there fighting Nikki Bella and Brie Bella and Cameron and, you know, you know those kind of wrestlers. Bianca's out there fighting against, you know, um, Mia Yim, Io Shirai, you know, Candice LeRae. Like, she's fighting really and good, yeah. well-trained.
1: That is a fair point. However, let me go back to 2015 um, when Sasha wrestled against Brie and Nikki. And carried them to something decent. I'm just gonna say that. And then Paige and Nikki was not. It was just, ugh, it, it was whatever. But when Sasha wrestled Nikki, you got a completely different result. Yeah. It's just Paige is not on that level to be called a legend by like objective fans. That's just how I feel about her yeah. performance wise. Uh, you said top 15. I'm gonna try to name 15 people I think are better than her in the ring and like overall. Um, okay, Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, uh, Alexa. Yes, I said Alexa. Um, Bianca, Rhea, um, Mia, Mia Yim. Um, let's see, EO. It's just off the top of my head. Um, who else, who else, who else? We got Sasha, Naomi. Amber. Ember um, Moon. Don't forget my girl. better. You know what? While we're on the subject. Let me ask you this as the biggest Ember Moon fan I know. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ember versus Asuka at Brooklyn 3 is better than
0: Sasha versus Bailey at Brooklyn 1? No. Wow, you said that quickly too. Because I'm honest, like I love Ember Moon. Like there's no – I've never met a bigger Ember Moon fan than I am. Um, but I'm honest, I'm not going to sit there and hype someone up more than what they are. You know, there's a lot of people on Twitter who – make their favorites out to be like the best thing that's ever laid foot on this planet. And I'm not going to do that just because someone's my favorite. I think that Ember Moon is top five in the talent pool of women. I, yeah, I think yeah. she's very extremely passionate and she's very humble. I like you saw that tweet that she sent me when we were, you know, talking on one of her, you know, her posts. she's an amazing woman. That match versus Asuka, I would probably say is my second favorite female match of all time. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to go out there and say, oh, Ember's a legend. She's the best thing ever, you know, so on and so forth. She, from from a talent-wise, she's, you know, like I said, top five. But she hasn't accomplished enough for me to really say that she's, like, one of the greatest ever or she's a legend. And she hasn't been given a lot of opportunities to really showcase her skills. I mean, she, her first match with Oscar was kind of like 10 minutes. It was kind of short and it didn't, it wasn't given enough time to shine that the second one that takeover Brooklyn three, that was given time and it, it really showed. But when she came to the main roster, she hasn't really gotten many opportunities. I mean, that match at SummerSlam versus Bailey last year wasn't even that long so it's just no, like no, was disappointing it was i just hope when she comes back she's given more of an opportunity because i think she's great i just here's I what feel, she needs like i feel like her wrestling is perfect
1: her wrestling has never been an issue
0: it's beautiful it's so smooth
1: it's her i don't know if it's her personality that's not clicking with fans or the gimmick and they don't they don't really understand it because here here's some debates I would have with friends on forums. It's like they want to like Ember, but they're confused because she comes out with a dark S gimmick. And then when she hits the ring, she smiles. It's <laughs> like, are you happy? Are you dark and mysterious? What, what is going on here? It's sending mixed signals and they just don't know how to react to it. And this is genuine. It's not them trying to be hated. They want to like her. So mm. I, I feel the same I, as someone who likes Ember. And I bought colored contacts years ago and I'll post pictures of those later. Just to emulate her with red contacts and green contacts and stuff like that. I can understand where they're coming from because I feel like we—it's been five years and we don't know who Ember Moon is yet. We just don't. So, what do you
0: think should be done with her character to make her connect with the audience more? Well, I kind of feel like it's booking. They're not like book because they're not, you know, creating a character for her. Um, I've said this plenty of times to people you know, that I've talked about, you know, you know, about Ember Moon, um, they need to give her a Finn Balor type of gimmick where she can be the normal person who comes out smiling. But then if she gets pushed to her limit, she flips the switch and changes into, you know, the war goddess and when she, um, you know, has the hood on and I feel like maybe, you know, she she could put the contacts in then and have that like intense look. So she can kind of be herself because I feel like cause I've seen Ember Moon on the Independence and lots of her matches like her being just a down to earth and really nice person is cool. She puts the whole like wrestling goddess war goddess thing as just kind of like a title, but then she doesn't portray it properly. I'll say that because like when she first came to NXT, she the vigilant videos that they had for her were rarely mystique like. it it gave you a feeling where she was going to be very mysterious and stuff like that. But then like you mentioned, she comes out and gets in the ring, takes the hood off. She's smiling. She's just, you know, a normal person. I don't want to sit there and blame her. I don't know if it's Booking's fault. I don't know what goes on behind stage. Like I mentioned a few times, but she does need to develop a character. I think the other thing that really hurts her too is her ability not to stay healthy. WWE is known not to push and get behind a wrestler who can't stay healthy. For good reason, too. You know, you don't want to sit there and invest in a big storyline, have someone, you know, win a title at WrestleMania, they get hurt the next week. It just kind of takes away from all the time and effort they put into that build up. So Ember Moon needs to do a better job at staying healthy. Um, some people, that that's just how their body is. But I do feel like she's kind of like Sasha. She gives it a little too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she needs mm-hmm. to yourself a little bit and slow down. But kind of like going back to the character thing, I think that is definitely something that has been an issue with it because a lot of people don't know who she is. I'm a big Ember Moon fan, not just because I do like the entrance. I do like the character as much as I'll admit. Like. She doesn't really ha establish a full character. It's just more of like I like the look when she comes out, but for me it's more of a personal thing. Like I've listened to plenty of her podcasts and heard her story, kind of like how she got to where she's at. And that's how I've more so become an Ember Moon fan because I know more about her personally than a lot of fans do. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? To your point about uh injuries. Um, no one is immune to that. Just look at Alexa Bliss in the last year. Her fans are very upset because she's done nothing of importance since losing the tag team titles because of her various injuries, and they were allegedly concussions. And you know WWE doesn't play with concussions. No. So they've given her literally nothing to work with since losing the tag team title. She's just been goofing around with Nikki. And um, I think they're finally starting to push her back towards the tag team titles, but um, I don't think, and I like Alexa, but I don't think she's going to be put in the prominent role that she was upon arrival to the SmackDown roster where it's like, we're going to fast track this girl to the title and she's going to be the queen of the division for two years. I don't think that's going to happen
0: again, just because of all the injuries. Yeah, I don't think so, too. And at the same time, they're just bringing up newer and fresher people. I feel like that's kind of how WWE has been with the women's division, other than, you know, the very few ones like um Charlotte Flair, for example. They kind of – they run their course with them, and then they just become, you know, just another women on the roster. Like, they did that with Sasha for the longest time. After mm-hmm. she won all them titles from Charlotte, she just kind of, you know, fell into the the group. Um, they did that with Alexa, now look at her – I'm trying to think of who else they've done that with in the past. They kind of did it with Nia, but Nia has been hurt for a while too. So we don't really know what would have happened with her. Right. I feel like, like right now it's Becky's time. Like when Becky drops this title, what's going to happen with her, you know? And then they got, well, they got all these other women and I'm assuming they're going to do a shakeup soon. So it's like Bianca could be next, you know, or they could bring up an EO or a Candice LeRae or, you know, there's the possibilities are endless. I mean, Shayna Baszler is probably going to, win that title soon and have a dominant reign and so
1: i mean they, they... talk about our ideal scenarios for post-wrestlemania call-ups mm-hmm. i and many others in the sasha crew you know this you see it on your timeline all the time you know where i'm going mm-hmm. want eo to be called up after mania to SmackDown to face sasha at some point when the, hopefully when the crowds come back i don't want to see them in an empty <laughs> arena i don't want to see that I wanna see a capacity crowd going nuts when Sasha and Io look at each other. That's what I wanna see. And then, on Raw, I want Bianca to get called up and then immediately go for Charlotte's neck. Cause she owes her a receipt. That's what I wanna see from NXT. Mm. And in terms of pushing future NXT talent, I wanna see Shotzi Blackheart be featured prominently. I was very upset, and still am, that Chelsea beat Shotzi because Chelsea's not over at all, and mm-hmm. no one really cares. Like, she, her gimmick is the most forced because coming out with that other dude, I don't even know his name, and they're acting like business partners, and I don't even know what the fuck's going on. But I just yeah, That's kind of weird. It, it's, it's weird, it's boring, it's, it's whack. And then Shotzi just shows up in a tank and smiles and waves, and it's like, oh, my God, we love her. It's just she has natural – either you have it or you don't. And Shotzi has that natural charisma where it's like, we want to see this girl succeed. Um, You remember the Battle Royal like a few months ago where she eliminated Shayna? Yeah, I do. I'm like, okay, they they have plans. I felt like they had plans for her and I liked her already, like just the way she carried herself. So Mm. I want to see NXT invest in Shotzi when they do promote Bianca and Io because it's going to be necessary. And I also, uh, I, I said this today, I don't know if you saw the post on Twitter, someone made a poll and they said which person um, would benefit the most by going to NXT, and Ember Moon was on the poll, and I voted for her, and I said she could reinvent herself and elevate the women's division in the absence of EO and Bianca, mm-hmm. because it would be
0: very necessary. How do you feel about that? Well, can you uh, uh, repeat that last part you were breaking up a little? How do you feel about
1: Ember Moon going to NXT to reinvent herself in the absence of Io and Bianca?
0: Honestly, I would love that because that's where she's thrived the most, and I think that's where she has the better chance of thriving, just because she kind of fits the mold of NXT more. NXT is known for more of you know going towards you know the actual wrestling versus you know being this all-around megastar that you know the casual fan type to like because. You got to remember NXT. They direct their, you know, they cater to the hardcore fans because c- casual fans really don't watch it. When you are on Raw and SmackDown, there's a larger fan base. You have your hardcore fans, casual fans, little kids, adult. You have everything, and it's hard to cater to just one fan base. Ember Moon. Um, as much as I love her, I feel like she doesn't fit it because, guess what? A lot of people, you know, well, I mean, a lot of people like her, but a lot of people don't love her and me being a big ember moon fan i've heard you know people make comments several times like it's like oh i'll be like oh my my favorite wrestler is ember moon and they'll look at me wearing to say why she's not that good looking and i'm like first of all i do think she's very pretty but me too it, it's not about that like and a lot of your casual fans look at that They they look at the looks and think that you know your top stars have to be good looking you know your face of the company needs to be this big macho looking man like Roman Reigns and it's like it, they, they focus so much on the look versus their you know in ring skills and I feel like people like Ember Moon just fit better in NXT <sighs> uh, and like like kind of mention like Bianca like she's someone who can go to the main roster and thrive because she has you know that all around look that can really attract, you know, different types of fans like Ember Moon. I feel like her fan base is limited, unfortunately. So I think NXT is better for her. And she's even made hints to wanting to go back to NXT on Twitter. Like she's made comments. Oh, I want to be a part of this and all that kind of stuff. So she's, I think the interest is there. And now that it's on TV, you know, weekly, I think it's, you know, kind of more so looked at as kind of the main roster. So it's something that – so it wouldn't necessarily look as a demotion. Right. Just look <laughs> at Finn
1: Balor. Like, his career's had a mega resurgence since going to NXT. Yes, much less people watch it, but who cares if you're mediocre on the main roster with 2.6 million people watching, but you're thriving with 700,000 people watching.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think
1: Finn is in a much happier headspace as well just because he can be himself without all those stupid restrictions and terrible booking of the main
0: roster. And I think Ember would benefit in the same way. I definitely agree. Like I feel like because NXT is also known for reinventing wrestlers and kind of giving them and finding them a character. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good way for them to kind of, in a way, click the reset button on her, but I think more so evolve her character a little bit. And then, you know, depending on how that goes, maybe she can go back to Raw or SmackDown in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A prime example of that would be Tyson Kidd in 2014. We weren't watching the time, but um, before he was in NXT, he was super relevant on the main roster as a tag team wrestler. Uh, with Natalya as his manager, and it, he was so boring, and no one wanted his time a day. And then NXT, he has so much charisma personality, I 'm like, "Is this the same guy who just mm. stood around and did nothing and <laughs> He had a whole gimmick that's like fact. Like, he would say something and then say fact at the end of it, it just caught on. He, and he he'd just make hilarious jokes all the time, and he was one of the best heels in NXT at the time. And they just, like you said, they do a good job of reinventing characters. And I think Ember desperately needs that right now. Because I feel like if she came back as she was a year ago, would was like, okay, I'm glad you recovered from your injury, but what now? You know, NXT would give the, to show people what now, because she'd come back with an impactful return instead of a taxi match against Tamina and Lacey Evans. You know, something stupid like that. Yeah. That, that's something no one wants to do, Like right. they, they do such a bad job of booking matches on the main roster. It just makes no sense. But we are in agreement
0: that she definitely needs to go back to NXT. Yeah, definitely. I, I hope that's what they do with her, especially. I mean, we don't know exactly when she's coming back, but I think with this shakeup coming up, I think they can afford to take some of the wrestler Because I feel like the main roster kind of needs, you know, some more star power because like on Raw right now, outside of Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, there's not a lot of star power on that roster for the women. And I feel like they could really use some kind of shakeup and insert some of these NXT women in there. Then, you know, you put Ember Moon and replace them. I mean, cause NXT, people don't realize how loaded that women's roster is too. I mean, you know, you have Candice, EO, Mia, um, Rhea Ripley, Bianca, uh, even like, you know, Lacey Lane or Caden Carter, however you want to know her. Um, um, Shotzi. Oh, I mean, it's just it's just crazy loaded. So it's like, I feel like it's time to take some of them women and put them on Raw or SmackDown and give some of these other women time to shine. And it's still one of my yes. dream matches to see Ember uh, Moon versus Lacey Lane. I
1: live Morgan to be pushed before they put on. Um, would to see, not gonna show up
0: in Romania and Char-tru-tru, but
1: if the option is that or Morgan to in the title picture, go with Liz Morgan because mm-hmm. I love the way she's re- she's trying damn it. She reinvented herself. She's very entertaining right now. Uh, the people want to see her in that position, and I feel like she's been put off at the legs. At each time that she's done something like really well that she's gotten over the first time they threw her like everyone's excited to see her and then Lana like we don't have to go into detail about how awful that Lana Bobby Lashley storyline was but this is how you bring her back when everyone's looking forward to returning so she made the most out of that and she still managed to stay over she had a, a nice appearance at the rumble she eliminated Lana we thought that was the end of it then she had two more matches. Finally, it's over. It's over. She's done. Now, Ruby Riot is feuding with her. Great. So I'm thinking it's going to be Liv versus Ruby at WrestleMania, maybe featuring Sarah Logan. Maybe you do the Riot Squad Triple Threat just because. And she's kind of in limbo. It's like, uh, and the Elimination Chamber did nothing to help her. And it really <laughs> makes me sad because she went into that match like in tears, happy to be main eventing, happy to be in that position. You know, she's like, my, my face is on this chair, this $1,200 chair that someone's paying for. And that makes her happy. And just, she broke out the tears in the network special. and It meant a lot to her. And I hated that she had to be in the chamber that she didn't get to show her full potential. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she needs to have that breakout moment so we can remove her after she's done with the riot squad. We can put her straight into the
0: title picture and then everyone will be behind her to win. Yeah, I mean I feel I mean, like me personally, and I saw it on Twitter, like I, I had posted something about Liv Morgan and it got so many engagements, like over a hundred. I was like, Well, wow, like people are really behind Liv Morgan and they want to see her succeed. It's just like you mentioned, they when they brought her back, it was so much potential that, you know, so many things they could have done with her. Like a lot of people think she should have went after Charlotte, considering the last time she was on TV it was her losing to Charlotte. But they they really botched that, but I feel like there's still potential there you know like i mentioned like even though she just got destroyed at the elimination chamber they still made her look strong everything that she took now i haven't i haven't been watching raw because of my work schedule but i haven't so i'm not too familiar with what they're doing with her right now but you know a storyline with you know the rise squad makes sense and then i feel like after mania they could really do something with her They, i mean assuming Shayna baszler Beats Becky. They could put her in a feud with Shana, because guess what? Shana beat the crap out of her elimination chamber. So it makes sense that she would want to get redemption for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then, I mean, I don't, I don't see her winning the feud, but I still think it could be her being built up, her getting a spotlight, and just cause some. Because that's the thing is, sometimes it does take time for a wrestler to really get that time like they just don't throw the title on someone when they immediately gain some kind of traction it takes time and they couldn't really make this kind of like a bailey storyline where because bailey she lost you know challenging for the nxt women's championship several times before she won it it became a story and they could do that with Liv morgan and me maybe she could lose right after wrestlemania then maybe next year at wrestlemania she could win the royal rumble and then you know make something happen at mania it it would be a long wait, but sometimes it's worth it. You know, the chase is sometimes better than, you know. There are only a select few people that can
1: sustain that kind of push, though. Like a uh, 2014 Sami Zayn uh, to 2015 Sami Zayn, um, Daniel Bryan, uh, Becky Lynch. Like she she lost for years, and people stayed behind her years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just it's just risky going with that kind of push. Because here's the thing. Look at Braun Strowman. Uh, you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right. There are only so many times someone can just lose big match after big match before people give up on them. Mm-hmm. Like, he went from being the most over guy on Raw to people just kind of shrugging their shoulders when he comes out now.
0: Yeah. Because it, it, I feel like it's his character. He's a monster. And when he lost, his character was exposed. You know, versus being, you know, like someone who legitimately feels like an underdog who can lose and really, like, keep fighting and coming back. Like, Strowman, it doesn't make sense with him being such a big monster, him losing. Every single big match. All of them.
1: It's not just one. He survived losing the reins. He was fine. He was still over. But – then he kept losing to, he goes to Lesnar, he goes to Roll- and just losing and losing and losing. And then at that point, you're like, this guy's never going to win. Forget him.
0: Mm-hmm. That's just
1: how fans respond to stuff like this. And as a Sasha fan, I understand it. it gets frustrating. Like seeing your favorite lose over and over again, you're like, damn, why should I believe that they're going to do anything with her at this point? Why should I care? And you can't do that with people who aren't mega over. The only thing Sasha has going for her is that, she is the most over woman in the company. She is,
0: and, and has been is, for the last five years. And fans will like. I feel like they will always be behind her because you also like you see and you feel the passion behind her. Like you don't really, you don't see that with, you know, um, Braun Strowman. You know, especially after what he did recently. Like I don't think he's ever going to recover from that. And how yeah, fans a look stupid
1: Instagram post. That's without even discussing that. I'm talking before that they still didn't care about it. It's it's just the presentation. So that's why I'm like, you got to, in regards to live, you got to be careful with giving them the long loser baby face storyline and hope people care by the time they win. If they ever win, because here's the thing, we've seen so many times where people were in a position to win and the fans stopped caring and then WWE changes their mind like, oh, why should we put the belt on them? They're not not over. But it's your fault. They're not over. You didn't build them properly. You Mm -hmm. had them lose seven straight months and you expect us to give a damn that they're in a title match this Sunday? No, we don't care. It's very important.
0: Yeah. So maybe like WrestleMania is kind of dragging it a little too long. Maybe SummerSlam. She could lose to Shayna and then maybe have a rematch. Yeah, that would be great. Um, Kind of kind of what they did with um, Ember, just they didn't have her win, but she lost to Asuka, and then they kind of put that feud on halt for a few months and then, you know, rekindled it for the takeover, which would have been a perfect opportunity for her to win and end the Oscar streak, which obviously didn't happen, but they could kind of do a similar storyline with Liv and Shayna other than just this time Liv actually wins. Here's the thing. You could also
1: – Do what you said earlier and have Liv go after Charlotte because her beating Charlotte is believable because Charlotte is not a super monster that's only lost twice in three years, you know? Yeah. And then have her win money in the bank. And then you have an excuse for Liv to beat Shayna because she would catch her off guard. Mm Mm-hmm. That way, people aren't mad. Like, oh, this isn't believable. Shayna choked out Becky, and Shayna's been undefeated for two years. Well, well, up until Rhea beat her, but you get the point. Uh, Shayna's only lost two times in two years, and how is good old Liv Morgan beating her when she was just losing the Ruby Riot like two months ago? Like, you know, so people don't have those arguments. You just say she's Money in the Bank, and Becky cracked Shayna with the chair, and then Liv took advantage. There you go. Now Liv's
0: your champion. Mm -hmm. I would love that. It would, it would be something, you know, very unexpected because she wasn't necessarily like one of, you know, like triple H's NXT protégés or, you know, a Vince person either. So it would be kind of, it would be a good story at the end of the day. I think, I think it's something that a lot of fans would really appreciate and really be behind. Absolutely. So now kind of changing the subject, I know we talked about this. Um, prior to the recording so you wanted to talk about like what you know wrestler inspired us so I want to talk to you about that so um what out of all the women wrestlers which one ex- expires, it inspires you the most and why Sasha Banks just because she's the greatest
1: and I watched her whole journey you know for the last six years and she had nothing handed to her And that's what was most important to me is she fought so hard for everything she got. She wasn't Charlotte Flair. She didn't get the title literally handed to her because her last name was Flair. She had to show people why she's the best on the mic at NXT. Uh, This is before Alexa turned heel in the ring on commentary on the pre-shows like she she had to go above and beyond to show why she's the total package and she did that and more she made nothing out of she made something out of nothing and she still handed crumbs by the company in terms of her booking yet still manages to be the most over person because of her performance and we just won't allow her to be buried no matter how many times she loses we're going to keep her relevant and that's just
0: what it is. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, the fans see her passion, her dedication, her hard work, and we're, we don't want to give up on her because we want to see her have the moment that she, you know, properly deserves. Like, she deserves to win the title and hold it for a while. I was, like, what they're doing with Becky, why couldn't they do that with Sasha? Why can't she hold the title for a year? You know, it's, there's no one, no offense to anyone, but there's no one more deserving than Sasha. Yeah, my it's opinion. true. It's true. Like, you can't
1: name another female who's been that consistent for, for six years? Mm-hmm. Six years of greatness, no matter what the situation, whether she's champion, whether she's at opening the show, whether she's closing the show. She's always stealing the show. No one can say that.
0: And that every that time they put the spotlight on her she kills it we cannot say that for everyone like we mentioned early in the video you know that you know survivor series main event that wrestlemania main event it was very underwhelming it wasn't what we thought it would be mm-hmm. every time Sasha gets put in the big match she nails it out of the park like she was a part of both hell in a cell matches which were both fantastic you know with mm-hmm. um charlotte and Mom um, becky her, you know, last man standing match, or not last man stand-in, the, um, Iron Man, both Iron Man matches, she nailed it. Um, and she was even bleeding. I wasn't out of her nose really bad at the end of the match, but she takes such a freaking beating every match. And she's, you know, very skinny, like very well fit, but she's not like, you know, bulky, you know, like some of the other people have. And she takes these bumps. She's She almost killed herself against Asuka on Raw jumping out of the ring. Just she is just always going out there and always trying to put the you know the best match. And guess what? She's doing it for us. She's doing it for our entertainment because she was a fan growing up. She knows how it feels to be a fan and to be entertained by the wrestlers, and she wants to give us, you know, that and we like I said, we all see it. And I don't know what, like I said, I don't know what WWE sees. I don't know if it's because – because she has had multiple amount of injuries throughout her career. Nothing significant where she's been out for a crazy amount of time, but she does seem to get dinged up here and there, and I think that might discourage them. But I just feel like they just need to go all in. But then it could be a marketing thing. Maybe WWE feels like they can market and sell her merchandise without going all in on her. I think it's their way of making money because I think is they,
1: a damn shame that they're literally – I've had that discussion with people like they're punishing her for being so marketable that she doesn't have to win to sell t-shirts. Like Mm -hmm. why would you not reward someone for that? Like you, you give Bray Wyatt and Becky Lynch the titles for a very long time because they are the number one merch sellers, but Sasha's that they're the highest merch sellers, but Sasha has consistently been the number one female merch seller and she keeps getting screwed out of title reigns. It's like, what's good, what are you doing? It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: It doesn't. And it's just one of those things like we'll never know because at the end of the day, we're not behind those closed doors. We're not in those conference meetings and we don't know why they do some of the things they do, regardless of how much it would make sense or not make sense. The best thing we can do is just keep supporting her and just, you know, because she deserves the support regardless of what they do with her. Um, if we gave up on her, I think that would just kill her on the inside, you know, going out there and doing what she's doing and just the fans kind of like, just not caring. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, right. the, I don't think that'll ever
1: happen. But it, and this is—it's it's not going to sound mean to say it. it should have, but it didn't because that just—that's a testament to how over she is. Anyone else, people would have given up a long time ago. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Oh like hell yeah! It's like wow, you can't even defend the title once. Forget you. But she keeps going out there and putting on these classics, and you have no choice but to stay behind her.
0: Exactly, because, I mean, there's been plenty of wrestlers I've been behind that I even gave up on for a variety of different reasons. (laughs) I mean, we mentioned Braun Strowman. I used to be crazy about that guy. Like, I wanted him to beat Lesnar and be the next face of the men's division, and now it's just, like, it's just Braun Strowman now. Um, Even Kevin Owens, like, I used to be a mega Kevin Owens fan, and I kind of get – I'm still interested in him, but – I I'm not. It's not the same. It's not the same. yet it, I don't have the same fire when he comes out now. I still like seeing him stunner people, but I I more so prefer the power bombs and him just being an
1: asshole. Me too. You know, um, Apron Power Bomb was the best thing in wrestling in
0: 2015 They messed that up so bad because when he did that to a wrestler in NXT, they were out for a while. He did that to John Cena, yeah. and John Cena was back two weeks later wrestling.
1: That that pissed
0: everyone off. Because to me, oh that was God. equivalent to Randy Orton's pump to the skull. Like when he did that to someone that was big. Like when he mm-hmm. and then that was supposed to be Kevin Owens' thing. And then when you know John John Cena came back so quickly, it just kind of really uh, lessened the importance and the dominance of that move. Because that re- that's a yeah, move that I remember, I think really hurts too. Kevin Owens was definitely
1: the biggest male wrestler in 2015. Oh, hell but yeah. It wasn't he, close.
0: He came up to NXT and immediately got put into that title. The day he debuted, he attacked the champion Sami Zayn and mm-hmm. was put into that feud. And then he, not too long after winning that title, he's on Raw carrying the NXT title, destroying John Cena. Like, I've never seen any, still to this day, male or female, I've never seen anyone just get pushed so fast and still look, it didn't feel forced either. It felt like no, very We original. wanted it. Yeah, we, we definitely wanted it. Wanted it. And then and this I feel was like back when Cena him. was
1: doing the U.S. Open Challenge, which was fantastic, by the
0: way. When it's Kevin Owens came out, me and my wife were in the middle of having a conversation. We both just paused and looked over and just, like, added disbelief. Like, Kevin Owens. And then when he powerbombed um, John Cena, I'm on Facebook posting all this hype stuff about Kevin Owens and all my are like who the hell is this guy like because they didn't watch nxt so it was a big moment for me and it just it was killed very quickly when they eventually had him um john cena go over him the second and third match
1: i'm not gonna lie to you part of me misses those reactions where people are like who the hell is this guy from nxt nowadays yeah. everyone watches or is at least somewhat aware of NXT. Yeah. So they're yeah. like, when Rhea Ripley comes up, they're like, Rhea, Rhea. Mm-hmm. I miss the shock factor. Like, who the hell is this? And then you having to explain to your friends and people on forums and Twitter. Remember like, how who they they are, are. And that was,
0: <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it, it was cool. <laughs> it, it, felt like, wrong, it, it felt like you knew something that other people didn't know. It was like, yeah, I know about this guy <laughs> or this girl. You know, because I remember that same feeling when like Sasha and Charlotte and Becky came up, I was, you know, really hyping them up. And I had friends like, who is this? You know, oh, that's Ric Flair's older, you know, like now it like you because NXT has really gotten so popular where people are at least aware of who these wrestlers are, even if they're not too, too like familiar with them.
1: I have a friend from college that stopped watching wrestling around the Michelle McCool phase. Uh, It's a female, by the way. And she, um, when when we were in the game room, they have a TV and Raw was on because it was late. It was after eight. And I was telling her about Sasha Banks and how she's the best and everything. And to this day, that girl is still a Sasha Banks fan and watches watches wrestling um, just to see what Sasha's doing. She watches NXT as well on her own. Now she keeps up with everything. Everything, just because I showed her Sasha. Like, she fell in love instantly. She's like, oh, my God, this reminds me of the old days with, like, Michelle McCool and Melina in them. And, like, I really mm-hmm. like her. Because Sasha,
0: did you know Sasha has a lot of Melina's moveset? I did not know that. I missed the Melina air. honestly. Um, I've heard so much about her. I would love to see her come back, to
1: she was ahead of her time, and it's a damn yeah, shame
0: because that was an era where wrestling wasn't
1: appreciated. Even was the girls who could actually wrestle were not looked at favorably. It was like, we just want to see tits. That's, that's yeah. what it was back then.
0: And so, it's because, like, I feel like Natalia, she never properly got pushed because she was ahead of her time. She was in an era where it was about the looks. And then by the time we evolved into that era of wrestling, she kind of was put into the, the veteran leadership You know, mom spot where no one cared about her. Yeah, exactly. Other wrestlers. But I I, like I remember like Gail Kim was the same way. She was ahead of her time when she was in WWE. And luckily, she at least got the good impact and really flourished there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of women don't like her on Twitter because of her political and personal opinions. And that's another story. But in terms of being a wrestler, Gail Kim was definitely ahead of her time. And I'm glad she went to TNA to show that she was really about it. And WWE was definitely putting the handcuffs on her and she proved them wrong. She was great. And she's more than just the little cute Asian fetish that, some people wanted her to be. That's a real story, by the way. Jim Ross admitted it. Jim Ross admitted it. Hey, I think Asian girls are popular now, Vince. Uh, you're like, oh, okay, let's get this girl Kim girl. Like, he said this on his podcast years ago. Uh huh. <laughs> Jim Ross sounded so guilty at the time. He's like, well, I, I thought it was true. Like, people really liked Asian girls back then. Hey,
0: it's to this day, it's true it's true it is what it is i know someone who's a really big god he drools over eo and um Kyrie sane and all them and so- Asuka. like yeah they're, they're
1: definitely a fetish but gail kim was better than that yeah, she they, they just wanted her to be eye candy but she could actually go in the yeah. ring and uh, i'm glad she went to impact i did watch the knockouts occasionally i'm yeah. guilty of liking I okay. Madison Rain and those girls and Angelina Love, the, uh, the Beautiful People. I I love them. Like I used to watch TNA back in like 2010, and uh, the Beautiful People were my favorite stable. And when I saw the BFFs in uh, NXT, I thought it was a Beautiful People knockoff. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. They're copying the TNA group that I used to like. But I I like this better because, of course, I'm black and Sasha was a black girl. So I'm like, look, I like this cute black girl with the blonde hair and the boss shirt. Hold on. Let me look at her real quick. So and that's when I fell in love with Sasha just watching the BFF segments. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. These girls could be like, you know what I wanted? That never happened. I wanted the BFFs to be like a female shield and then come to the main roster together. Because Summer Rae was already there. And it was like, just have Summer Rae bring up Sasha and Charlotte. That's what I wanted them to do. That's how I wanted them to be introduced. And then they just take over the women's division. But instead, they had what they had. And it wasn't great. And you know why they did that, right? They, want, they wanted to pointlessly extend Nikki Bella's reign to get past
0: AJ's. Because they were petty. Exactly. And that's, like, that's why. I had know teams. a lot of people who are really big fans of the Bellas Mm-hmm. i mean that's a whole nother story and how i feel about the bellas but yeah like i feel like that title reign because people praise the bellas and say oh she's the longest reigning divas champion that title reign felt so forced it was and tainted. It, it was clearly obvious that they wanted to erase aj lee from the record book and it just yep it sucks they couldn't have done it with a more you know with a wrestler that was more appreciated by you know your wrestling fans versus you know um well uh, I look at the Bellas as, like, a reality TV, you know, stars. Like, they got famous from Total Divas, and, you know, and people might not be happy, but I feel like, you know, dating John Cena really helped, you know, them backstage, politics-wise, you know, get pushed, and I, it just, it upsets me because, you know, and it's nothing against the Bellas, and I'll give Nikki Bella credit. She actually really did work hard and really did improve from what she was back in the you know, earlier in her career. I agree. But I still feel like, you know, their push was a popularity thing. It was, they were good looking. They were popular from their reality shows. They were dating, you know, famous popular wrestlers. There was a lot of different things that worked in their favor and they were, like I mentioned, you know, they were going over Paige, who I think really was the person they should have had carry the torch But they were so dead set on, you know, erasing AJ Lee's name that it was Nikki.
1: Here's the thing. I'm going to give you my objective opinion. As someone who's not a big fan of the Bellas, I think Nikki was hot in summer 2014, I want to say it was, or was it 2015? Uh, No, it was 2014. In summer 2014, Nikki Bella was hot, and she deserved the push she got that year. Um, when she broke away, when they had the storyline with Stephanie McMahon oppressing her and then she turned on Brie and became heel, a solo heel. Nikki deserved everything she got at that point. It became obnoxious later in the year and in, into 2015 mm-hmm. when they obviously had her keep the title to spite AJ Lee. And it was obvious because they pointlessly created the Team Bella PB and J, peanut butter and jelly, PBC, (laughs) um, and Team Bad. Like, yes, a lot of us love Team Bad, but I'm being honest with people who don't know that's why they did it. They wanted to have a reason for Nikki to not have singles matches for X amount of months so they could give her the record, and guess what? As soon as she gets the record, boom, give
0: the title to Charlotte. That's what that's made not it a more obvious. It's like a, not a coincidence. It's like That's not
1: a coincidence.
0: she got the record now that's does do what 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 else we want to do with it. Like it nothing. Make it anymore. When you when you have a wrestler break a record and then immediately take the title off, I mean, it makes it clearly that you wanted them to break that record.
1: I had an agenda the whole time. The whole it's so it's like a week later if not the day of. I'm pretty sure it was a week after Charlotte just beat Nikki for the Divas Championship. Yeah, like, like, you people will see this, right? Like I'm, I'm saying, like you know, this isn't based on merit. Like Nikki was fantastic eight months before, but she's done not She had done nothing of note to be pushed like that in a time where the horsewomen were, were killing it in NXT, and they just got called up. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to keep the belt on her that long. So
0: it is what it is. There Nikki wasn't. Was, I mean, it was fine. Like I, I will say, when she turned on Nikki during that, um. Stephanie McMahon match or, or when she turned on Bree, I am um, apologize, but um, I was really big when that heel turned and I did actually start really liking Nikki. Yes. And when I felt like she was being forced because at the end of the day, I was still more of a page and AJ fan versus her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I wasn't a big fan of her title run from the very get go because, and I don't, I don't know if you saw my tweet like two weeks ago or something like that. I had posted um a thing about wrestlers showing passion when they win the titles and you had yes. these, all the tweets. Right. Oh, yeah, you did. Uh, so when Nikki beat AJ Lee for that title, she just held it up straight face, had no emotion, and people say that was her just being her character. But guess what? It when you are very passionate about something and you accomplish that, it's hard to hold your your emotion in. We saw AJ Lee, who was a very vicious, mean heel, break down on her knees and cry. We saw Sasha break down in tears. And she was a heel in NXT,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Nia Jax wasn't a heel, but oh my God, the waterworks came out when she won that title at WrestleMania. And it's like even Ronda Rousey, who wasn't even like, I mean, she was a big WWE fan. I, I will say that, but she even really, it was crying when she won. It's like, it was hard for me to emotionally get invested in Nikki. Like if she would have showed that she cared, I would have been more interested in it. But, and and it was her also beating AJ Lee. And I love AJ. So and it, and it, and that was a very quick match too. I mean, Brie literally kissed AJ at the very beginning, and then boom, she gets the right arm and. Yeah,
1: that was that was that was funny. I'm not gonna lie, because it reminded me of um, Sheamus versus Brian when he got kicked. Yeah, wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> but um, AJ got the date she won the title tattooed on her neck. That's yeah. when I knew, she's really about it, and she loves this business, like hundred percent. And it says a lot that someone like that had the passion completely removed from them to the point where they wanted nothing to do with the business anymore
0: because of the way that she, she and the other women were treated.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it says everything.
0: It's sad too. Cause AJ Lee left shortly before things got really good. Like just imagine AJ Lee versus, you know, like Sasha, Sasha Bailey. We know she loved Bailey. She would have put over Bailey in a really good storyline. And just even that, like, A.J. Lee versus, like, even, like, an Asuka or something like that, I think that would be pretty fun. A.J., you know what? You know I'm not a big Bailey fan,
1: but A.J. Lee as a mega heel versus Bailey at her best um, as a face would be special.
0: It would because – It would be
1: special. It would be similar to Sasha versus Bailey. Because A.J. can be a total bitch, and then
0: Bailey, you will really feel for Bailey when A.J. I goes into that. full bitch mode. Cause we know that Bailey would do anything. I mean, not Bailey. AJ would do anything to get Bailey. The best she did. She could do was wear Bailey's shirt. Her very last match. Yep. <laughs> you know, she really likes her. Then she wore the, I'm a Hugger" shirt at WrestleMania. Yep. Yep. Oh my goodness. But now, um, just so we could wrap this up soon. Um, I want to go over, cause when we were talking about what wrestlers inspire us and all that kind of stuff, I want to go over Ember Moon. Sure. You know, um, so Ember Moon, you know, like, I'm a big fan of her. Um, it's more of a personal thing than, you know, cause I do think she's extremely talented, excited. I love seeing her come out with that really cool entrance. But I really got invested into her when I found out, like, her story. Like, I don't know if you listened to her podcast with um Lillian Garcia on Chasing Glory. But when oh. she was younger, she got bullied a lot. And so did I growing up. So that was kind of like I know how it feels, and you know what you go through when it gets bullied. People don't realize that that's something that stays with you for years, if not your whole life, depending on you know how it affected you and what happened. It still stays with me to this day and affects me, you know, to this day. She got bullied, and really overcame so much. Like when she was training to be a wrestler, she drove like six hours to go train at Booker T's um, training school. And then six hours back, like, there that's dedication right there. And then she was turned down by WWE at least once. I don't know if it was multiple times, but because she didn't have the diva look. And the thing is, that's something that you really can't change. Like, you can't really change the way you look. I mean, yeah, you could put makeup on, but there's only so much you could really do about your appearance. And, I mean, she was very fit. You know, it, it wasn't like she was, like, you know, a larger girl. She was fit. And it was basically them saying, you're just not good looking. That was their nice way of saying it, basically. And she did not give up. She just kept going and trying. And then she did what she said. Like, she was it was do. She made a name for herself on the indies and then came to the WWE. And just like Sasha, she does have so much passion. Like, she goes out there and kills it all the time. And she finally like when she won that NXT women's title and went to her knees and broke down crying like that just made me tear up a little bit and you know and it's just like also she's so down to earth if you see her on like up up down down or even now she's been streaming a lot lately on her twitch she's just a normal person she's goofy she's funny um you know, she likes video games, she likes Game of Thrones, she likes all that geeky, nerdy stuff, and I love it, because I relate to that, because guess what, I like that stuff, too, so, like, with Ember, it's, like, she's someone who has a lot of the same common interests as me, but, you know, kind of going back to the in-ring thing, like, she just has so much passion, and she's just so exciting in the ring, too, like, you know she cares about the business, you know she, you know, it means so much, to her and is very passionate like she's not the kind of person who wants to come in and just take a paycheck and go home like some people out there um she's you know not many people i feel like that are as more passionate than her other than maybe sasha so
1: i understand sasha loves video games too like i would get so angry because i'm uh involved in fighting games and stuff that's where i came from and uh when my friends who work at nether realm studios would invite sasha and they get to play with her like before the game comes out and she gets to beta test and all this good stuff i'm like i'm so jealous i get so mad because they would upload it on youtube it's like sasha and bailey playing mortal Kombat 11 like months before it came out like screw you guys I, you <laughs> never bring me to the studio I, you keep inviting sasha and i'm like well, i want to play with her i just want to play, with I wanna play Mortal Kombat with sasha Oh my God. I get so salty, dude. I'm like, you get to just call up Sasha whenever and say, Hey, come play, come to the studio and play with us. Like, and I still haven't met her to this day. And that infuriates me. Like, she's the only one of my favorites that I haven't met.
0: and Has she's had any opportunities?
1: No, I haven't. I've been to shows like Raw's where she's at, but like yes. never back state, never after a show. Like, here's the thing. um, I used to live in Nashville. So After a show, the wrestlers in most cases would come out the back door of the arena and they would say hi and uh, take selfies and stuff. But Mm -hmm. never see Sasha come out. I don't know what door she's using, but all the other wrestlers would use this door. NXT wrestlers would use a door and they come out and take pictures with the fans, but Sasha just
0: disappears. Yeah, she's very private, from my understanding. Like, she loves doing the meet and greets, but as far as like you know, the surprise pictures in the airports, like we know she hates after work. No, like especially not at airports. Yeah, like, she's For the like last like four, four years, like, people have
1: been walking up to her at airports, and,
0: and she's like disgusted in the pictures. I know. I I would never dare do that to a wrestler. It's just like I don't want to give myself a bad experience. If I if I saw Ember Moon at the grocery store and I <laughs> and I, I'm just giving you an example not if I wanted her to say hi and get a picture if she clearly seemed annoyed and irritated that would just break my heart so yeah like not want to put myself in that position it's different if I saw like a wrestler from the independent circuit you know I, I'm mm-hmm. sure they don't get bugged as much I would mm-hmm. cause actually I met Faye Jackson at a um, viewing party in New York back in January so it's like and it was a really cool experience you know but like if I saw you know braun strowman at the bar i'm not gonna walk up to him and you know say hey braun
1: you know what it's funny you bring that up because i heard i've heard people that do exactly that um braun strowman is cool at bars he takes pictures with fans and stuff. oh
0: really i mean i'm yeah. sure some wrestlers are cool he, with it like he's not, friendly. It it's very it's,
1: it depends on the wrestler it depends on the wrestler some of them are willing to be interactive in and out of character but others don't want to be bothered and Sasha's like the number one person you don't want to bother out of character I
0: heard Randy Orton's the same way like don't bother him especially at the gym I've heard when he's at the gym he does not want to be bothered and I know Brock Lesnar's the same way don't bother (laughs) Lesnar
1: do we even need to discuss that like this guy hides from his own employer on his farm while he's getting paid millions for months at a time like of course he doesn't want to be bothered by a random fan
0: Oh, wow. But, I mean, yeah, just, you know, it's just at the end of the day. Like, I, when, you just have to kind of look out. Like, you'd be surprised, you know, at somebody's meet. It's like we found out within a week that Sasha was going to be at that New Jersey um, event. I'm Sometimes, still mad at you for that, that by the way. <laughs> Sometimes you do have to travel a little bit. Like, that was like two hours. for Both times we met Sasha was actually in New Jersey. I don't know if you live anywhere near that area, but the New York, New Jersey area seems to be the gold mine for wrestling fans.
1: Damn it, man.
0: Which you know, that's where I met Jenna.
1: I was at an event in New Jersey, and I met Jenna. You know Miss Jenna uh, from Twitter. Next. Uh, yeah, Miss Jenna, baby. She has her own podcast as well. Uh, yeah. Hi, Jenna.
0: You know what's um, funny I met that. I just DM'd her today about um, guesting on my show for a Sasha Bank Spotlight episode, and she actually just responded during her episode, saying, "Yeah, <laughs> I want to go. Can I join? Yeah." I'll let her. Are you cool with her?
1: Yeah, of course. That's what I was going to say. Like, I met her in person because we interacted on Instagram, really. This, I didn't even know she had a Twitter at the time. She was just uh, someone I followed on Instagram who would always take pictures with Sasha and go to every meet and greet, like you said, in the New York, New Jersey area. She met her like five times. She would always bring her present. And I would just know her as the girl who brought presents to Sasha. And I'm like, yo, I'm in the area. What's up? You want to hang out or something? She's like, yeah, sure. We'll go to a restaurant. And she was so cool. We talked about like what we're talking about right now, like mm-hmm. growing up wrestling fans and what got us into wrestling and what uh put us on the NXT and Sasha and all that. And, and we, we had a fantastic
0: conversation for about two and a half hours. And yeah. And it's I, when I met Sasha a few weeks ago, she was I saw Jenna there, but I didn't I wanted to go up and say hey, but like I didn't know how weird it would be because we never we talked very rare on Twitter. Just a few times, not enough for me to feel comfortable. I don't want to be that weirdo that just, you know. So I said something to her, too, after that. I commented on Twitter. I was like, I was there. I wanted to say hi, but I was shy. She's like, oh, you should have said something. But I'm just very weird. Like, I don't want to be that weird. Unless I, I'm someone who talks to you often. I don't want to. I feel uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to be. She's super nice. Like, if you walked up to
1: her, she'd be like, oh, hey. She would know who you are because you use your face on Twitter instead of your favorite wrestler. Like, 90% of wrestling Twitter um but yeah like i would she never met me in person this was just a dm on instagram Mm -hmm. like hey i'm in the area for an event you want to meet up and have lunch or something like yeah sure why not she's cool like that so Mm -hmm. next time don't be shy you say hey Jen, i'm jt hey jt she'll be very very nice to
0: me um because she we follow each other on twitter um but that's how my like friendship with um um patricia from those wrestling girls started we became friends on um, instagram it started with just small conversations, and then like when I got in the wrestling Twitter, I, I would live tweet with them during, um, you know, Raw and SmackDown and all. And then it led to like me starting the podcast. And it's like, hey, come up to New York one time. And you know, we me and my wife have gone up there twice so far and met them. So it's a pretty fun experience. Like the people you can meet on social media, and then you know, actually becoming real life friends. Next time I'm in New York, where do you live? New York or New Jersey? I live in Maryland. Oh, Maryland. Okay, you are just in the general area. It's, it's hey, next time
1: I'm in uh the tri-state area, the tri-state area, the um what do y'all call that? I used to live in Alexandria. We had a word for like Maryland DC. The uh, DMV. The DMV. Yes. Next time I'm in the
0: DMV, I'm going to hit you up, man. All right. Hell yeah. Let me know as far in advance as you can so we can like really set it up because depending on like what day like I'm I'm good for weekends. Mhm. But during the week it's hard just because i go to bed super early because i wake up super early for work or i would have to maybe request off or something but yeah let me know and then we'll definitely set up something especially if it's like excuse me like new york for like a wrestling event or something like that. because like i said it's a freaking gold mine with the meet and greets and
1: Hey, it sounds like I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go to the Northeast and like just yeah. take a week off and just go up there when a big wrestling convention's going on and try to get some autographs. I've got to meet Sasha before I die, and the world seems to be ending, so that needs to be soon. I
0: know. <laughs> What's funny is when we met her, she had like the gloves on and all, because that's when yeah, and she wasn't touching went. anybody, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I saw the pictures; they were so bad. Like she would be behind a table, and you would be like three feet in front of a table and she just put her hands up with the rings on like, damn, dude, this coronavirus got everybody shook, but for good reason, for good reason. So she, she, she took the right steps given where we are now. It's depressing. It's, but that's another story. I had a fantastic time on the podcast. I know you're trying to wrap up, but I look forward to the Sasha Banks episode.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll message her and we'll figure out something, but it's, it's an episode that I want to put out for next month. So I'll probably look into like the second half of this month, uh, record. Sure. So, yeah, we'll definitely, uh, I'll, I'll talk to her and see what she says and then I'll reach out to you. Maybe we'll just start a group chat on Twitter so we can kind of. Yeah. Get, get, uh, all the prominent crew members up in there at some point. Hell yeah. I'm definitely down for that. Yeah. So. But yeah, it was like it. especially. You know who you should reach out to, Vina MK. I like her a lot.
1: That's Vina from you know crazy. Nadia.
0: Oh, the girl that has that picture. That's not her. That's a really uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. She's I actually know. a brown skinned girl with curly hair, and people think that's her and her display picture. Oh, especially Shayna fans, which is hilarious because like they call her a racist a <laughs> racist white girl i'm like she's ethnic she's not white she's not racist <laughs> you hate Shayna because she's chinese but that's a different story but yeah definitely reach out to Vina um
0: because she's one of the most popular crew members on wrestling twitter and she's very entertaining and hilarious, her uh, I've chatted hilarious. With her a few times she's pretty cool i never really had like any in-depth conversations with her just minus small comments on like a sasha banks but like that
1: right that's usually where you can find her on every sasha banks picture with heart eyes heart
0: emojis attached Cause that's how she was all right well um devil May spy it was nice having you on the show today it was definitely fun we talked for like a good like two hours that just showed and the time went by so fast i look at the time like wow it's the time for dinner so it, it's always fun just having these conversations and just being down to earth and just being wrestling fans. Cause that's, that's what I want in the podcast. I want just people just to have fun and just talk about wrestling versus trying to be all professional. And you know, cause you know, some shows are like that they focus so much on like, just, you
1: know, and they're too restricted. I hate that. It's like, yeah. um, well, I don't want to offend anybody. Say what's on your mind. As long as you're not being a total dick about it, like yeah. being personal, if it's not a personal attack, then yeah, just let it fly. Yeah, like I did with Paige. like I don't feel like she's great in X, Y, Z aspects and I'll be glad to explain why but I'm not gonna go after her family or her personal her looks or anything like that. That's just petty. If You can keep it respectful and criticize people then do that. Just don't be an a hole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a there's a difference. So there's a line that people should know how not to cross it and they just do or just they, they avoid the subject altogether because they don't want to mm. offend anybody but there's a way to be critical and not be a jackass
0: exactly i totally agree with you
1: yep but i'm gonna let you go man i appreciate you having me here it has been an awesome two hours uh i look forward to the sasha banks episode and you have a great rest of your day
0: you too man thanks for joining us again today on Overface wrestling
1: no problem Bye